Right, okay, the cheerful giver. Oh, there you go. Right, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiently in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work, as it is written. He has distributed freely, he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. But their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray, and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inex, inexpressible gift. Goodness. That's it. Fantastic. So, this morning... I get to talk to you about giving, uh, which is something really close to my heart, and I'm really, really thankful um, that Peter asked me to do this. And um, I get to ask in a way that I get to ask strongly about giving because Peter's not here, so he can tell me off later, which is great. Rather than him telling me off from his seat, he can tell me off later when he listens to this back. Um, giving um, in Scripture. Well, money in Scripture occurs 800 times. 800 times. Scripture puts a lot of weight on money, and the reason for that is because it reveals the position of our heart. How we handle money and how we interact with money reveals the position of our hearts. And, and I think there's a huge challenge with this. And we're, we're doing this today because we're going to respond to God with our money to the vision that we heard about a month ago. Sheffield transformed, make disciples and make life better. You see, money and giving is the oil for the engine room of mission. I'll say that again. Money and giving, your giving, is the oil for the engine room of mission. The engine room is you. You're the engine. You're the ones that are going to make mission happen. But money is the thing that's going to oil you. And actually... It is such a valuable commodity. And, and I know so many of you here are faithful givers. You've given over the years and you've given so much money. And honestly, you giving has meant we've seen so much of God's kingdom come. But I think there's an invitation today of how we can interact even more differently with money. How we can step into generosity even more. And uh, we heard from the scripture there that, that Pete and Greg tried to read, um, which was the, the amazing thing about that um, passage. Um, Paul, in 2 Corinthians, he's basically, he writes to the Corinthians, and he's basically trying to say, guys, you've rejected me. So the, the, the letter to the, the second letter to the Corinthians is about him saying, you've got it wrong. Like, I, yes, I'm a simple man, I've been through, I've been bullied, I've been broken, you know, I live in poverty, 
but you've been looking to these like super apostles, these super Christians, but you've got it wrong. Because the way of Jesus is to give everything. The way of Jesus is death. And, and Paul reminds them of this in the first few chapters. And then in chapters 8 and 9, he says, what would it look like to be a really generous people? And respond to God, to God's generosity, to be completely generous. You see, God gave it all in his son. And he invites us to give it all back. 2 Corinthians is a, it's a challenging book. Written to a people who just missed the mark. And Paul invites us to be cheerful givers. And the Greek word, I'm sure you've heard this before. But the Greek word there is hilarious. Do it with hilarity. So when you give and when you see that standing order go out of your bank or you, or you give um, your offering or you give to the body of Christ, do you go, ha ha, yes, so much joy. Oh, I'm so thankful that I get to give. Like, is it hilarious? Is it full of joy? And I think there's a challenge here. Do we hold money lightly that we trust God enough and we know who he is and what he's done that we go, oh, yes. Oh, I'm so excited to give this month. I'm so excited to give this week. Really challenging. You see, God giving everything in his son is an invitation to us to give everything. It says, um, Paul says in one of his other letters, um, sorry, early, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. You see, Christ becoming poor so that we would become rich. The invitation from God is, will you give? Will you give to me? Do we trust God with our money? I've been so challenged by this as I've thought through, these, um, through how I respond to money. And... Um, I've read this book recently called um, Spiritual Authority, and it's like one of the most challenging books I've ever read. It's by Watchman Nee. And um, in the book, he, he basically says, do we live under the delegated authority that God gives in terms of government and, and leaders of, of um, the body of Christ? And, and actually, the challenge to me was, do I trust that God has put people in positions of leadership so that when I give, I can just release that to God. I don't need to think, oh, where's my money going? And what's, what are they doing with my money? That's not what God asks us to do. And it's really challenging because what happens is we all see around us and we all think, oh, I would do that differently. Or I would spend that money differently. But actually, do we trust that God has put people in positions of leadership where we go, do you know what? I trust the delegated authority that God is in control. I trust that God is in control, so I'm going to release my money, and I'm going to do it with absolute joy and hilarity. And and in the past, I know that I've I've been quite miserly and held on to money because I'm like, I think it should be used better. But actually, God's like, well, this is about me and you, not about you and them. That's where it starts. And of course, I think it's right to ask questions and challenge and say, how are you using this money? And, and there has to be accountability. I'm not saying that at all. But actually, do we trust God that he's put people in positions of authority to spend that money wisely? I was so challenged by that. 
how I use my money, to let go of control and trust God with the money. You see, do we believe that he is infinitely generous? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is infinitely generous? So often I don't. And so often what happens when I don't understand he's that, I respond by going, oh, I'll hold on. I'll hold on. Rather than, oh, it's already God, so I just get to give. See, we have an opportunity to interact with money um, in three ways from Scripture. So if you just skip a couple of slides along for me. Next one. Um, Next one. Where are we? Next one. A triangle, that's the one. There we go. Um, in Scripture, um, we see this balance, and, and when, when money comes up in Scripture, it's basically a balance of these three things, or it's about these three things. And, and our invitation from God is, do we handle money and interact with it in an equal way in these three things? To be faith-filled people. You know, God owns all the cattle on all the, ki- on all the hills. Do you trust him that he can provide for your every need? Now, your every need, this is an interesting one, and this has challenged me over the years, because um, if I say, oh yeah, I, I trust God can meet my needs, but actually, God knows more what you need than what you think you need. Yeah? God knows more, well, anyway, you, you got it the first time, I'm not going to try and repeat it. Um, God knows what you need, and he will meet that need. To say to him, do you know what, I trust you. To be full of faith that he can meet that. Are we a faith-filled people? And next, stewardship. Do we steward what God's given us really well? You know, the parable of the talents, a great example here. Do we hold on? Do we release it back to God? Do we invest wisely? Do we use what he's given us really well? I was so challenged by... um, um, Cheyan, who came to our church many years ago, and he um, he said, "Oh yeah, my wife and I made a promise to God that we're going to increase our giving by one percent every year." And he was like, "This year we're at fifty-one percent of our income." And I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy! Are you stewarding what God's given you?" And and the crazy thing is that the Old Testament pattern of giving actually amounted to about thirty-three percent of the income. And we're like saying, you know, we're like, oh, what would it look like to tithe 10%? Like, there's just a different bar because God says, no, it's not about the amount, it's about your heart. And God's question to us is, will you give everything? Not 10%, will you give everything? Handling money differently like that is how God invites us to see his kingdom. And then finally, on these, uh, these three things from scripture, generosity. What does it look like to be joyfully generous? To give away with hilarity. So Beth and I have been really challenged with this over the years. And uh, we have values that we want to live by and make decisions by. And one of our values is joyful generosity. And um, so we've decided we um, have our standing order that comes to church. But then we also have a uh, giving like fun budget. So we have a little bit of money and we decide each month um, what God's asking us to give. And then we go on faith adventures where we go, okay, 
this, week, this month, it's only five pounds that we're going to give, but where is God asking us to give this extra five pounds? Maybe it's to a person, maybe it's to a situation, um, but sometimes God's like, I want you to give more. I want you to go on a generosity faith stretch, and I want you to give 200 pounds. So who are you going to give that money to this month? And, and often God challenges us both because um, we pray together and God says this amount or this person, um, and it's so fun. Like, honestly, it is so fun. What does it look like to be joyfully generous, to handle money in a way that is just fun? It's God's commodity. He's given it to you, so how will you give it back to him? But it can be fun. It doesn't need to feel hard or challenging. And for some of you, this, me talking about money, you might be like, but I've got nothing. But what, what does that look like for me to handle that? I, I you know, I'm, I'm on income benefits or this is just really challenging. Hear God, hear God say, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. What will you give of what you do have? Because we all have something. And even if, even if it's a huge stretch, you know, the woman who gave the one, who gave the one, what would it look like for you to give a little? But in God's eyes, it's so much. Don't hear me say, give loads, give loads. It's all about just pouring all away. No, this is about your heart with God and an invitation to trust him. Beth and I um, have been challenged by scripture. Um, we've been married nearly, nearly 10, no, not 10 years, nearly nine years. And um, we were really challenged by the pattern of the Israelites, God's invitation to have a jubilee year where they basically gave it away. You know, they, they didn't take. And um, God's invited us to go on that journey and to every seven years to do something that is like a massive faith stretch, a real generosity or faith stretch. And um, we did this a few years ago and God said, give away your salary. So give up your job and come and work for the church. I want you in the church. And I was like, yeah, but there's no money. There's no money to pay me or to, to make that um, to make ends meet. And the gap in our budget was £600. Um, so, you know, we'd just taken on a mortgage and cars and things like that, and, and we needed £600 a month. And every single month, God met that need in totally different radical ways. It was amazing. And, and it was more about us and God and going on the journey of deep friendship and relationship with God than it was about the amount. You see... God met our needs. And one, one of the amazing moments in this was we couldn't afford a real Christmas tree. And we had a plastic one. And, um, and I just remember um, seeing Beth, like, upset. And she was trying to decorate this, this fake Christmas tree uh, without kind of showing her emotion. And I knew it was important to her. Um, and, and just prayed and just said, God, please meet our need. Please meet our need. The next day, uh, through the post, I, we hadn't told anyone that we wanted a real Christmas tree. The next day, someone posted a letter through our door saying, God loves you, with a picture of a Christmas tree on the letter. Um, and there was £50 in it to buy a real Christmas tree. God meets our needs. When we go on adventures with him, he meets our needs. Um, if you can flick to the next um, slide, the next bit of scripture. You see... Um, this can be really difficult 
Because as we go on this journey of stepping out in generosity, of trusting God with the delegated authority and saying, do you know what? I'm going to give to the church and trust God to use that money well. I'm going to go on faith adventures and, and take risks. I'm going to be really generous. As we go on this journey, it's really hard. It's really hard. But Jesus says it so well here. I love this scripture. He says in Luke 12, 32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure that is in heaven that does not fail, where no, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He wants us to know who he is. And he wants to relate to him in the right way so that we respond in the right way. You see, our understanding of who he is and our belief in who he is is so often wrong. And if we operated from the fullness of who he was, life would look totally different. So who does Jesus say God is? Who does he say he is? Well, first of all, that that first part, fear not, is a command. Just flick up the next slide. Fear not is a command. Jesus is like, come on, fear not. Change the way you think and make the decision to not fear. More easier to say than, than do. But the next one, I love this. Fear not, little flock. If we're the flock, then who's he? He's the shepherd. How does a shepherd interact with his sheep? He says, here's the new pasture. Here's the comfort. Here's the warmth. Here's, here's me finding you a place to lie down, to rest, to be at ease, to go to the new water, to the new place, to protect us from the wolf, to challenge us and, and draw us back onto the right path. If we're the flock, then, sorry, if we're the flock, then he's the shepherd. Do you see him as the shepherd? He gives life. And he lays down his sheep, sorry, he lays down his life for his sheep, John 10, 11. The good shepherd lays down his life. Ultimately, the shepherd is extremely generous. Why? Because he gave it all. He chose to go to the cross. And next, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's. He's our father. He's not only shepherd, but he's also father. And he's a good father. He's good and generous and meets our need. What would the perfect father look like? You may not have experienced the perfect father. In fact, none of us have. Some of you may have had an incredibly challenging journey with your father or may just not have had a father. But God can be that for us now. He is the perfect father. He is good and right and perfect. He meets our needs. And I just think about me and Caleb and me wanting to be a father, a really good father to Caleb. You know, he doesn't, still he's not, he gets hungry, but he couldn't provide himself with food or drink. You know, we have to remind him to drink. Like, to have joy, to have fun, to enjoy, go on adventures. This is you and God. The perfect father inviting us to be daughters and sons. 
And ultimately, what does the father do? Ultimately generous because he gives his son. And the next part. For it is your father's good pleasure. This is not going, this is not God going, oh, it's such a chore. It's such a chore to give to my children. Oh, I don't want to give. No, it is your father's good pleasure. He's delighted. Just imagine God going, oh, this is fun. I'm really pleased to give to my children. It's not a chore to him. He enjoys being generous. Do you know him as generous? Do you know that he's in pleasure? God's fun, you know. God is fun. So often we, we interact with God like he's really far off, like he's really distant, or that he's, he's, um, he's angry at us. No, he's really fun. And he wants to go on adventures and have that joy and pleasure be received by us so that we give it back to him. It is your father's good pleasure to give the kingdom. Well, who can give the kingdom but the king? If he gives the kingdom, he has to be the king. And how does a good king interact with his subjects and servants? He treats them so well. His rule and his reign are perfect and right and enjoyable to walk in. Do you know him as king? Do we interact with him where we go, oh, I just want to lay myself down for you. Subject and servant to the king of kings. To run into battle for you. To go after the kingdom with you. To be on the front line with the king. Do we interact with him as shepherd, as father and as king? And that's what he asks us from these verses in Luke. But also the challenge, um, the challenge of this. So the invitation to see him as these things. But then the challenge in Luke and in, in 2 Corinthians to sell. Sell what, what we don't need. Are there things that you need to get rid of? Not just possessions, but things in your heart. Things that have held you back or stopped you from running with him or stopped you from being generous. Are there things that you need to let go of? Maybe you, just, maybe you just haven't seen God provide in the way that you expect. Maybe you need to let go of that hurt. Just say, God, okay, I'm going to choose to trust you. What do you need to sell? Are there things, possessions, material things that you've held on to too tightly? You see, we're made for heaven. Set your minds on things above, Paul says in Colossians. What does it look like to have a, a treasure mindset? A treasure in heaven, not a treasure now. Not material possessions or physical things that we can hold on to. What do you need to sell? And then Jesus says, give to the poor. Give to the poor. One of the things that I love about this church is the heartbeat for the poor. It's incredible. I look at that cityscape and I think there are broken, lonely, poor people in that city. And do you know what? One of the amazing things about this church is that so 30, over 30% of our budget is going towards the poor. But then there's another 10% that we're giving away um, as our tithe fund, which is basically going to poor and broken people. 
we're a generous church, you know that. We're a generous church. And it is incredible that our God's heartbeat for the poor, the lonely and the vulnerable, we are meeting that heartbeat. We're matching it. Restore and Forge are incredible. They're incredible vehicles that God has given us to use to reach this city. And if you don't know about them, find out more about them and get involved. They'd love you to be involved. To be the engine room for mission. To give, to see those things happen. To see the lost, the broken, the lonely met on the front line. Those young people who live in extreme poverty, whose parents struggle to give them meals in the evenings. Forge feeds them. The Forge team feed the kids. It's amazing. Forge are doing incredible things in the schools, in the youth clubs. And we've got a real vision to see these things spread across the city, to see a huge impact into the areas of the city that haven't yet seen any of that. What's going to make that happen? What's going to fulfill the vision that that we want to see God do? It's generosity. See, we're going to need money to release, forge and restore and the things into the more deprived areas of this city. Jesus says it, give to the poor. Give to the poor. And then from Corinthians, just to remind us, he says, when you do this, give with absolute joy and hilarity. Just enjoy it. This does not have to be a chore. Enjoy giving to him. See, Jesus' invitation to us today is to be joyfully generous. To go on the journey and say, do you know what? I trust you. I'm going to release that to this church to use that money really well. I'm going to take faith risks and go on adventures with you, God. I'm going to trust you as shepherd, as father and as king. And as we do that, imagine the impact. Imagine what we would see around us. We're, um, we get to respond now to this. And um, we're gonna, I just want to invite the band to come um, if you just start, just start playing. We've got these, um, we've made these cards here that say um, making disciples, transforming Sheffield, making life better. I'm a part of it. And I don't know if you've seen in the front or you were here, um, when we responded to the vision, we did thumbprints or handprints to show that we, we're saying yes. And we want you to take one of these cards and put it on your fridge that says, do you know what? I'm a part of this church. I'm going to give to this church with my time, my money, and my resource. I want to be a part of it. Just so that you remember that commitment that you've made and the thing that God is stirring in us. And the way that we're going to do this um, now, there's a few things that I want us to, um, to do. There's, there's gift aid forms on the pillars. We would love you to just pray. Take a minute and just ask God, are you asking me to change my standing order today? or to give differently this year? How do you want me to respond to this church in how I give? And um, this, is, this is our moment to respond to him. There's, there's standing order gift forms on the pillars, so if you want to do that, grab one of those. But in a moment, we are all going to walk to this basket, um, just one at a time. And it doesn't matter if you're changing your order or you're giving um, just money today. This is the moment we're going to take our offering and commit to God again. 
And I want you to take one of these cards and then just put your hand on the basket and say, yes, God. I'm saying yes to you again. I'm saying yes to see your kingdom come in Sheffield. I'm saying yes to you using my money really well. And then when you've done that, when you've just laid your hand on and blessed what God's going to do with with money in this church, um, I want you to just ask yourself, do I need to respond to God this morning? Do I need to trust him as shepherd, as father or as king? Maybe there's one of those things that you struggle to interact with him in. And I don't know about you, but I, I have really struggled um, to be over generous. So I, I've, I've found myself being thinking I'm really generous. But actually, do you know what the root is? It's that I want others' approval. So I think, oh, I'll just buy them a drink or I'll buy them lunch. But actually, it's rooted in getting their approval. Maybe your interaction with money has been unhealthy. And this morning, why don't you surrender again and just say, do you know what? That's enough. I'm going to hold money lightly. I'm going to trust God with it. So I want us to, um, uh, we'll take a minute now just to ask Holy Spirit how he wants you to respond. And then one at a time, just come and grab a card, um, place your offering or your gift aid form in the basket touch the basket and then and then come and use this space to respond to God there is a prayer ministry team we'd love to pray for you guys um, if you want to interact with God in the right way as shepherd as father or as king